Hello, welcome back to Actual Play Podcast Edition. Uh, we're listening to more of The Shoeless Peasant. This is episode five, part one, and this is it, friends. This is where so many things happen. Um, we open up the conversation, open up the episode with Judd and I talking about artifacts. And because of that, I've included two links in the show. Um, the map that we used in the game and an amazing book cover that Judd just made now well after the game. Um, don't worry, the book cover doesn't have any spoilers, so I won't give anything away, um, but it's a beautiful um, it's a beautiful tribute to, to the game. Uh, this session was filled with existential crises, Rubina, um, trying to figure out her understanding of the world and also of herself. And this very uncomfortable moment with, that I think we've seen a few times in, in, in the game of Bina trying to define her role in society, her role as the person trying to look after the people of Karakagi, her relationship with Voss and with Deke. Um, and we see this really interesting moment where uh, Bina is trying to give someone the... The, the way to announce her. And it's just complicated. And it's just, it's just not simple. And I think that's such a great reflection on how unsimple uh, the world is. And uh, part of why I love playing this game so much is just how unsimple um, her life is and how, and, and the game is. So please enjoy this session. A lot happens. It's a real good one. Two. Hello all, welcome back to Actual Play, Burning Wheel, the Shoeless Peasant. Um, I am Sean, I am host of Actual Play, I use he, him pronouns, and um, I play Bina Janos, who is um, the titular, the titular uh, peasant without footwear, um, and uh, she's she's been traveling through the lands trying to stop this war from happening um which she is in zero position to do but this is a burning wheel game so you fight for your beliefs and uh and we're gonna see if she can do it anyway yeah. uh yeah i'm real excited about it um how about you judd i'm good my name is judd uh he him pronouns and uh yeah this whole thing started because i i posted some uh, uh a twitter thread with with burning wheel ideas and uh sean jumped on this one and ran with it and so uh bina was bina was born and the concept was a shoeless peasant uh in between a bunch of you know warring factions that they can't control and uh that that was the situation we started with and i didn't know where sean was going to go with that and through him making a character we kind of built a world around it yeah, it and has here, been, and here been, we are. Yeah, it's been really fun to see what a character that uh, is not a martial character or even a uh, traditionally competent character within the sort of fantasy milieu, mm. right? Like she's 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 not a wizard. She's not. Um, she does. She doesn't. She's not like a face. She's not. I mean, she is good at talking through things. That that's her only skill. Soothing platitudes is pretty much it. So. Um, but yeah, I've, I've very much enjoyed, um, just playing like a regular person rather than, you know, this, this fantasy, uh, uh, the fantasy 
tropes that we normally do, which I also love, but this is this has been cool. Yeah. So let's see. And I feel like the tropes have been around. It's just been from a different angle. Yeah, uh, other people fulfill those tropes. I've said right. these, right. these ethereal elves and these and these uh, uh, grumbling dwarves, um, and 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 they all look very competent and dangerous and whatnot. And and then there's Bina, who's like, nope, I'm I'm none of those things. Uh, oh, hey, and we have a cool new map that Judd made. Which I'll throw up for funsies. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so Judd's got a, um, a map. We started in Karakagi, which is the very center of the things. It was the, um, that was the, um, the, the fort that Bina had been captured by and then essentially grew up in and had family in. And uh, she's headed north. Um, she's heading north right now to try and get the dwarves to listen to her um and not fight this war and she actually has some information too which i'm excited about um and that's relevant because i need to write my beliefs cool so. and the the map was made with wonder draft which is a cool program that i i bought for really i don't i think it was like 20 bucks i mean it was pretty pretty reasonable as map making programs go and uh it allowed me to make that fun thing uh and yeah, I didn't really, I kind of had a vague idea of what the political situation was going to be. And then I started, I knew I wanted the roads to look kind of like the five spokes in the burning wheel. And then I threw in some rivers and the, of course the elves have to be in the city all the way to the west. And then, so maybe the humans will be in the east and, and the dwarves will be in the north and blah, 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 and onward and upward, and Karakage was right in the middle, which is where we started, which makes it easy. It was fun. <laughs> Go out from there, yeah. And then just kind of build out from there. So it's been kind of interesting to, to play with that. And then once we played for a while, I had a really ugly map in my journal uh, that I'll have to share it. So I'll have to take a picture of it, scan it, and, and share it at some point. Yeah. And from that ugliness, I made uh, this thing, which is, which is kind of cool. It's neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someday, someday when we're in, uh, deep in this, sharing the artifacts of this game will be will be a treasure. I mean, they'll yeah. still be a treasure now, but uh, they'll be. It's just fun. It's fun to make. I think that's a you know, yeah. If you're if you're GMing and 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 you're doing something and it's fun and you're, it's good, things are good. If you're doing it and you're like, oh, I put so much labor into this game, why am I not appreciated? Then something is very wrong. Yeah, so I agree. I am I am a huge fan of making maps, but I'm mostly a fan of making maps for my own enjoyment. I yes. Really, I really dislike it when it's like, okay, now I've got to get this right for the next game. Uh, but then again, I don't really play any, I don't really play any games with tactical maps in them. So I think it's just like, this is, I'm just sharing a little bit of mind share. This is what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am going to, oh, Jay says that uh, he uses one map as well. Awesome. Hey, Jay. Um, so I've got to make some beliefs. Let's pop. I don't know how readable, how legible they are, but we'll pop them up. Pop the okay. up. Let's see. So um, the first belief is definitely standing. The Elves' Wrath is unparalleled. I will earn. I will learn to sing uh, so that I do not earn it again. Um, I'm just going to keep working on that one. Uh, the Soldier's Lament is more than a sad song. I will find someone who can lead me to the Dwarven leaders. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely, um, 
I call, I got a persona last night. I accomplished that one. So I'm going to change the, the second part of that belief again. It's going to be the belief that just goes on forever. Um, and I, I feel like, and last time, last time I was really happy by trying to sort of trim down the, the scope of the belief to be something that's within Bina's um, uh, ethos was within her capacity rather um, by not just being like, I'll convince the dwarves to stop going to war, uh, but rather like, I'll take a stepping stone to get there. And, right. um, uh, oh man, how, I had his name and I just forgot it. Hold on, I've got it. Uh, Kerbika? Kerbika, yeah. Um, Kerbika told me that he is sort of kicked out of the, kicked out of the hold or hasn't returned the hold. I don't know if he's been kicked out or, or left on his own. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, and he was going to bring me there and they don't like humans. They, um, and he stinks of human in more ways than one. Um, and he's bringing a human who has an elf friend. So it seems like there's lots and lots of reasons for them not to like Krabika and even Mosa or Bina, right? Like, yeah. Um, so I feel that Bina's first, sort of order of operations is going to be to have to ingratiate herself to um, Kirbika's family um, to, to, or, or not ingratiate herself to establish credibility with Kirbika's family. Mm. So um, I think I'm going to change that to social meta is more than a sad song. I will convince uh, the dwarves of Kirbika's hold that I, um, I don't know that I know the truth or um well, I, th- I think no, they don't. They don't commonly know that the elves are coming to war. So I think I'll convince them that the element threat is real. Um, and uh, does that does that sound? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, what's what's his hold? What's the name of his hold? Uh, you say? It is it's wheel hold. Okay, and then the next belief, I didn't have a third belief last time because I didn't know what to be about, but now I definitely do. I want to know about the prince's star, um, so or the consort star. Um, uh, Kerbika referred to him as the prince, and um, and uh, Iagdalen, um referred to him uh, as the consort, as the Aetharch's consort. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, Bina doesn't necessarily know his status, but she knows that he's an important part of the uh, ethargy, uh, etharchy, etharchy. Um, and, uh, I want to find out what the heck happened to the prince, like, and his star. So, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Yagdalen's title, which is the consort. Um, and I'm going to say the consort is missing. Art is missing. Missing as is his star. I'll find out what happened to him. That seems very appropriate because I'm going to the Dwarven Hold where he went. He went missing. Cool. That sound good to you? That sounds good. Cool. Um, every day on the road, practice singing. Instinct. When entering a village, always tell them of the impending doom. And each night, inventory our provisions. Um, 
I think that second one may stop being relevant because we're going into the holds, but that's uh, fine. Mm-hmm. I've definitely done it. I've definitely walked into every place and I've been like, guess what? Shit's going down. So uh, we'll, we'll wait to see for that, 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 uh, that backfiring on me. Uh, it's already has somewhat, but um, all right. I think I'm good. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, you. Travel a few days north uh, on the Jeweled Road, and uh, under under starless skies, and oh yeah, I remember that. This far is, far yeah. to the north, you can start to see the mountains. Um, and and even because the the skies are starless and things are so dark, you can even see what looks like some sort of fire on top of the mountain. Uh, you know, that, that the road leads to, the jeweled uh, road leads to. Uh, it, uh, it almost looks like, yeah, it looks like there's some sort of uh, signal fire lit on top of it or something. Like you just, you have no idea. Yeah, I think I think uh, we've sort of taken turns with Corbica. When we left, Corbica was, was driving the cart, but now it's been several days. So I imagine we've rotated. Mm -hmm. um, but I, um, uh, so in some moment where I'm sitting beside him on the cart at night, I point up to it and, and inquire, um, is that, um, are those signal fires? No, that is, uh, Wheelholt is a holy site. It's where, it's where the burning wheel is kept. I think the five spoke wheel, the wheel of fire. That's not a thing. She looks at him like, like, right. Like you're committing idolatry right now. Right, right, right. Right. She's like, did you make some effigy of the wheel? The wheel is a belief. It's a faith. It's not no. an object. The wheel is an object. It is a thing. Its fires ring through the world and forge you into what you are to become based on your beliefs. Has it always been there? No. It usually returns there. It moves on its own accord. Eventually, there might be a wizard who is strong enough to hold it. And they will come and claim it. If you can walk out with the burning wheel, then you can walk out with the burning wheel. No one owns it. We merely hold it. And I think she, she, you know, like many times we've seen Bina on the uh, uh, pulse from her sack, her daughter's. Um, 
toy wheel mm -hmm. and uh, thumbs it, you know, her sort of dirty and callous thumbs. Um, she, she rubs it, she squeezes it and rubs it um, and just looks thoughtfully at the, at the wheel who, which she always thought of was just a depiction of an idea, you know, like, like the way the five, the five, the five um, tenants are, are personified and that the wheel is this uh, concept and the idea that it's a physical thing is I think uh, uh, just a little overwhelming. It's a little like finding out like the Ark of the Covenant or something like that, you know, it's like, yeah. real, you know, yeah. um, so, um, so yeah, she says, have you, there's pauses for a while and says, did you grow up? How long has it been there? Did you, have you, has it been there all during your life? Yes. The Archmage died 130 years ago. The Archmage was the last one to hold it. And he brought it to Wheelhold. No, I'm not sure how it got back. How often does a stray wizard come to your lands and try to take possession of it? <laughs> Once a decade, at least. Most of them don't make it up the mountain. And the ones that do make it up the mountain die by fire trying to hold it. Huh. I met a wizard on the way up here. I wondered what his, his occasion for traveling this far north was. I think it's sort of like cut there because she doesn't yeah. she doesn't know. Yeah. And I think the next morning, uh, as you all are breaking camp, um, you can see the line of dust being kicked up by the dwarven host moving south towards you. Oh, okay. The 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 their forces moving, yeah. Um worth noting, I looked it up since last game. Um a musical skill needs to be practiced two hours a day and it has a one month practice time. Okay. So um uh, we can assume that uh while while driving you know, spends two hours a day yeah singing. Uh, whether or not that is is pleasing or not to Voss and to, uh, uh, to Voss and to Gravika, I'm not sure, but but yeah, um, yeah. I think I think now. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is this should be a surprise to Bina that the that the dwarven host is moving because as far as mm -hmm. she knows, they didn't know this was happening. Um, right. Like, uh, uh, she turns to uh, she turns the boss and kind of gives him this like, oh shit, look, like that can't be good. Um, and then to Kravika and says, "Did you send message ahead?" No. 
that looks to me like your armies are already are, are moving. Looks that way. If they're already armed for war, it's going to be My husband, my lord, was often much easier to convince of things when he hadn't already made up his mind one way or the other. She's trying to think of like the right reference to make the right man that she's had to try and convince of something. Um, and uh, dwarves are, are, are said to be very uh, steadfast in their ways once they've made up their minds. Yes. You know, though, he like takes his pipe out of his mouth and kind of, in my experience, everyone's stubborn. And everyone thinks they have some kind of cultural cornerstone on stubbornness. That's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe you're no more stubborn than than anyone else. People just don't like the decisions that dwarves that you've made, and they blame it. They find a reason to. to, He thinks about that for a little bit and like takes a couple pots and says, "No, we're pretty stubborn. We're pretty stubborn." Well, the prince is coming to us. Someone in my family will be there with them. And you'll introduce me. Yes. If that is what you want, I'll introduce you. Tell me, have you traveled with the host before? Not the full host, not not as big as that. I've traveled with armed groups. My experience, my lord, was always complaining about journeys. There was never comfortable enough beds to sleep in. There was never enough food brought. A wagon always broke an axle. It's the reason why she's reluctant to bring up Deke. There was always something there's always 10 different things breaking along the way going wrong that your experience or or is dwarves renowns craftsmanship alleviate such such uh nuisances armies travel on their stomachs stomachs cost gold it's a nuisance well that's why they have a traitor with them to keep the tally She sort of looks between Kirvika and Voss, like trying to figure out if either of them have anything useful that is, you know, that 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 she imagines the dwarven host would care about enough to, to stop and pay attention. And the best that she could think of is like, I'm used to taking care of one part of one keep. 
Right. Right. Like I'm used to dealing with these sort of nuisances and these pains in the butts things that lords don't want to deal with. Um, I have mind numbing work, right? Like I can do that, but on the scale, on a, on a, like, I don't know what the size of the Dwarven host is. So uh, we'll find out. Um, can you, do you think you, do, do they normally travel? Do they normally stop at night? Yes. Well then let's try and meet them at, at night. I don't want to over, I don't want to, um, I don't want to get in their way when they're moving during the day. Very well. Cool. So yeah, I think we just keep riding. Sounds good. I'm just looking at like the dwarven host subsetting to see like what kind of soldiers they have. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of basic: foot soldier, arbalester, banner bearer, horn caller, axe bearer, graybeard, curigen, quartermaster, captain, artillerist, engineer, warden. I mean, that's fairly diverse. You just you're just saying it's not particularly dwarven, and and it's it's very dwarven. It's just not. I don't know what it's not. Uh, there aren't any scouts, right? Like there just aren't any. It's not real subtle, right? About. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a big old block of dwarves, and they're. Yeah. I mean, I think you know. I think what you were saying with through through Grubica makes sense. That's why they have a trader to to handle, not necessarily stealth or subtlety, but just dealing with um, uh, commerce and right. practical practical needs that like things that aren't part of the things that aren't part of the host itself. Right. Uh, and that's probably where Bina is like most likely to gravitate as well is she doesn't necessarily, she knows how to talk to soldiers. She's done it, but um, doesn't necessarily have any like, but understands people who, who do work uh, rather than do fight more. Right. So it's it's a pretty flat flat land up to the up to the north when it gets kind of hilly up to the mountains. So you're in kind of a, a, a flat bowl. And a few hours before nightfall, you run into your first dwarves. Uh, it's a group of engineers putting up a wooden tower. Uh, Really simple, just like a two and a half, three story wooden tower. They throw a bunch of soldiers up there with horns. And if they see anything, they blow the horn and that gets back to the host. Right. Um, that's, that's how they roll. And you get, I, I, there's probably a sense there's probably like a dwarvish stone marker that maybe you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. And like, this is where they, when they march south to take on the elves, this is where they set up the tower on the third day. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's, this it's, marker's it's, been here forever. But yeah. It's, yeah. It, it would have just been covered in dust and yep. not noticed. And uh, 
there's an old gray bearded dwarf with like a long proud braid coming down the middle of his chest. And uh, he says, and he, he, he sees you all and says, hold now, hold, hold. Uh, I'll say that Bina's driving the cart. Yeah. Time, and so she, she pulls up the reins. Yeah, he like gets gets a hold of the of of Vasa's and yours, uh, like uh, the the uh, the 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 tack, you know, on on your on your mule and on your pony. Right. What are y'all doing? Don't you know that there's a war on? We've come to speak with the host. The entire host? She sort of turns to Kabika. Is there something more specific I can say? Reference your father, reference your family. Who's representing the Gilders? Oh, who's counting the beans? <laughs> uh, Sutarbi. He brought his wife, Dabrina. I'd like to speak to them. Yeah, you're going to speak to them. All right, come on. The old man gets on a, uh, he gets on a goat. And uh, calls up to the tower and says, this tower is not usually attacked. You might get some rangers throw some arrows at you. That'll be about it. Keep awake. Don't shame your ancestors up there. You think you see something? Blow the damn horn for goodness sake. If something's really wrong, send somebody down, get on a goat and get to the host. Tell us what's going on. The rest of you make a stand. We'll be here before long. Are we? Uh, how how long? How many days have we been traveling since we were since we left um, the the jewel going in? Oh man, my travel time stuff is such a mess. Uh five days. Five days. Yeah. Um, she leans. She leans forward and and uh, the gray beard. Finishes, she says, five days ago, we saw Elven Rangers. They're probably moving faster than we were. He looks at Kirbika, gives him a harsh eye. It says, you didn't think to tell us that, did you? He says, I'm sorry, Greybeard. They were at an end. It, it's uh, and she and Bina wants to like did not mean to get Kirbika in trouble with that and also you know wants to defend it. That's that that's why we're here now. We left in the middle of the night. Kirbika was the one who insisted that we go without without rep without uh, without affording his normal. Uh,
without affording the normal the normal pleasantries of a good, of a good night's sleep. Could have told us a little sooner. All right, we'll keep an eye out. And if this was a tabletop game, the GM would have just made some dice be roll dice rolls behind the behind the nice behind the scenes behind the scenes and just. Stroke my beard. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, if the if the um, if the if the dwarves are making a uh, if the dwarves are making an observation roll um, against the elves stealthy, uh, then I would uh, I would love to uh, cool make a perception. Them, give them an assist. Uh, oh yeah, okay, I can do that. Or you can give them an assist. You want to? Do you want to give them a helping die? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think I tell them, you know, where they were coming from, and I'm not going to give real specific information about the, about the, um, the who, what, this is the fellow Nightingale, but just that sort of troop information. Gotcha. He nods. The great bear is kind of fascinated that you're there. Why are you here? I wish to speak with the host. I think all of this is very, is preventable. She looks to Karbika, when was the last time? Uh, well, she knows this because she knows some stories. When was the last time? When was Karakagi destroyed last? Or does she know? Maybe she doesn't. Yeah, she would probably know. It's like 100 years. Yeah. It's been longer than any human's been alive since the last war, but I'm sure some of you remember it. There's... Actually, why don't we say 70 years? That way the old lady who was, because I think we might have said that the old lady who lived there remembers it. Okay. Um, sure. So let's just say 70 to be e easy. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, the last war is not so long ago that we don't remember. And then my home doesn't still bear scars from it. S 70 years is too soon for all the too too soon for for the host to travel against each other. Oh, the humans are here to tell the host when it can travel and when it can't then, are they? She looks around, she's like, do I look like a knight from um from the duchy? Do I do it does it seem like I'm carrying the I speak for all humans? I just want to speak to the host and see if we can't find another way. All right, like, I think a little bit she's banking off, like, the, like, you can't say, I, 
like I'm the human representative because I definitely am not. I'm Gray Usman. Don't get me mixed up with Red Usman or Black Usman. Are you gray because of that beard of yours? Is mm -hmm. that just a happy coincidence? That's me. There weren't many Usmans when I when I was a young, so I, I didn't need anything else other than Usman the Bold. And are you still bold? I lost a rune in that word. Now I'm just old. Who are you? I'm Bina Janos. I'm from Karakagi. Or or there are the parts there around. Hmm. I don't expect you to know my homeland, but I imagine you've heard of but I imagine you you've uh, I imagine there's a there's another of those dwarven stones somewhere outside of Karakagi itself. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Uh, there once was a tower there, too. And now there's nothing but ghosts that remain in it. We rebuilt the tower. I very much hope we don't have to do it again. Um, he's riding all. He's riding all that goat. Um, yeah, I think I think Bina will um, try and take in what, like, um. she's going to ask him about Satarvi and Debrina. Um, uh, she she turns to Gravika and says, uh, do you know Satarvi and his wife, Debrina? Yeah, they're my parents. Oh, that's it. Why didn't he just say your mother and father? Because he doesn't. I think he does this as like he's he's taking the goat like in a wide circle around you because you guys move really slow, and the the goat's a little bit more short footed. Yeah, and he says because he doesn't have a whole lot of respect for me. That's why. Did you leave this place on your own accord, or were you cast out? I'm not an exile, but. They don't like you because you enjoy human company? Or they don't like it that you enjoy human company? I left. People don't leave. Huh. I know what that's like. <laughs> Nobody leaves Karakagi. Nobody leaves the village I grew up in either. 
I know I did. I did at the protest of many. And I did because of emergency necessitated it. I certainly wouldn't have if there wasn't a war that was going to kill us all, though. Seems like you left for perhaps less urgent reasons, less life-threatening ones. Yeah, that's fair. Gray Usman comes back and says, who among you had the most talking with the, with the elves? I looked at Kirbika to try and read whether or not he, because to me, this question reads as whoever had the most talking amongst the elves is going to be the one to report in on them. Right. And I know Kirbika talked to um, the ranger. Um, right. So what the answer, the true answer to that, I don't have a way of knowing, but Fel Nightingale was their leader and I talked to her. So she sort of turns her head to Kirbika and raises her eyebrow like, you know, um, to see if he, I don't, what she doesn't want to do is get him in trouble again by having him, like her be the first one to give information that he should be giving. Um, so I want to figure out whether or not it's going to like put him in a bad sort with his family if she says I, I that she did. Because I think Sean thinks that Bina had more conversation with with them than than Kirbika does, but I don't know. I wasn't in the scene, so maybe Kirbika says Bina spoke to their leader and spoke to her for longer. He says, "I'm going to have to ask that you come with me then when we get into when we get into camp." Gray Usman, what are your laws of hospitality? My and me and my are me and my partner Voss safe traveling in, in your lands, assuming we try to do you no harm, nor aid any who would. If you do us no harm and you don't aid, don't show any aid to the elves, we'll be fine. I have your word on that. Rebecca looks up when you say that, and then like looks at. Usman as if like, ooh, this is a big deal. What is he going to say? As long as you've brought no harm, no elvish harm to my people, you have my word. I'll tell you now then that I, I carry a Nah, I think I think it's not worth explaining. She'll reveal it later. Maybe this will backfire. So um Venus says very well. And um Cool. And I think like within the hour you get to the camp and it's just it's expansive. Um Usman walks you through and uh, put some guards on your cart. And Voss kind of comes up to you. And he, I think he goes up to Voss and he says, 
Is it all right if your wife comes with us to speak to the prince? And she's the one who talks to the elves. Boss says, wait, what? She's... She's, she's not my wife. Hmm? I don't usually get the read of things that wrong. You've, you've read this one wrong. Allow me to speak to her before she goes. This one says, all right. He says, Bina, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what you want me to do. Let's just stay by my side when you can. I want you to watch out for trouble. You can do better than I can. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Grace, when I'm going to, I'm going to go with her, but to back her up. Yeah, I don't understand you humans at all. Sure, whatever you need. Are you her brother? No. Father? No. I, I turn to Chris when I say we're lovers, but he's not my husband. And I think Usman blushes. You oh. pride, and now you have the answer. Oh. Yeah, I think Fina does like feel ashamed about her status with Voss, but like not that much. Like she's been willing to keep it on the DL when people, it's easier just to say, sure, he's my husband, but um, not to the extent of committing to that lie, not to the extent of, of 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 uh, making Voss pretend to be somebody he isn't. Yeah, like when it's just like between her and somebody else, it's like fine, whatever. It just makes things easier. But like clearly, it makes him uncomfortable, and um, and she doesn't want to put him in this position where he has to lie or evade things. So yeah, so now he knows he can go gossip about it if he wants to, like an old maid. Right. He says, what was the name of the head ranger? Yagdalen. She's known as the Fell Nightingale. Yeah, the Fell Nightingale. I knew it. Called it. She was at the Jeweled Rod Inn and had the chance to kill Kurbika and myself and all of us for that matter. And she didn't. She could have slit our throats in the night or in the daylight for that matter. He says, come with me. And he, he like saddles up to Voss and he says, what's your vocation? And he says, I'm a, I'm a huntsman. And he turns to Bina and he says, what about you? Sir, I'm a servant to a lord. Well, I was. He died. 
Are, are you here on his behalf? No, but I'm here on behalf of the, and she sort of looks because it's the same guy that she, she just said, I don't represent all the humans, uh, but I'm here on behalf of Karakagi. Did you have one of them elections? It was less that I stood, stepped forward as that everyone else took a step back. Ah. When you go back home, you tell your men that they're beardless. You tell them that Gray Usman said so. If I make it back home, I surely will. Okay. Rolls up her sleeves. How'd he die? And I think like they're out, you're, you're like basically like standing outside the command room yeah. of, of the, of like of the prince's command tent. You can see that they're clearly like an honor guard here, but like Gray Usman is going to get you in. And he's just trying to figure out what the fuck to say to introduce you. Like he still doesn't really understand. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, she wants to make, she, she's not trying to be obstinate. She's not trying to make his life difficult. Um, so, uh, how many died? Uh, just my Lord. It was disgusting. He didn't die in battle, but there were elves there and they could have what? killed him as well. Wait, he, he stops it. He stops you. Like he, you were, you were like walking towards the tent. He was like slowing down. Now he stops you. And he said, I have to introduce you to my prince. Yes. And by axe and anvil, I'm going to have the right of it. Uh, very well. I don't mean to, I don't, I, I don't mean to evade your questions or I just think that my answers aren't the ones you're expecting. Listen, I know that the elves are marching north, and I know why they're marching north. I'm privy to this because I've talked to a few of them. I've, I've stayed alive because one of them befriended my daughter and marked her as an elf friend. And by extension, I suppose they've given me some uh, leniency, but not that much leniency. One of them took my eye just for missing a note in a song. He spits. Those pointy shoot rat fucks. They're ethereal and impossible in their beauty. They're also inhuman in their desires, as far as I can tell, from the few that I know. All right. Is that enough? I'll do my best. I'll do my very best. Listen. It's going to be loud in there. Are you still loud? No. No, you're not. You think you are, but you're not. So just let me introduce you. And you part the curtains and he like, he, he ushers you in and there is fucking screaming going on. And there's a, 
there's a, a, a younger dwarf, looks to be about uh, Kerbika's age. Uh, long black beard, and like he has a silver ringlet, like silver ring, ringed crown around his head. Very simple. Um, maybe with one red gem in it. Um, that has like a, a, a has like a wheel on the forehead, and uh, behind him is a, a a younger dwarf with his first beard, holding an axe, and then behind that to his other side is a dwarf holding a a, a mask, and then behind that is a, another dwarf holding a shield. And but around this table, this low table, are a bunch of dwarves. And there's there are maps, and there is fucking screaming. Like, if someone was murdered in an inn and there was a riot, like it is just ridiculous. Like you know, when you know when like there's so much like your ears like vibrate, you can feel your ears vibrating. Yeah. And then they turn and they see Usman, and you hear Gray Usman, the first tower, the first horn tower, and he says, like it gets real quiet, and he says, my prince. The first horn tower is up, and there's just like, and 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 you're, you're like, it just it hurts, and then they get back to the old argument, and the prince kind of holds up one hand, and like everything starts to die down, and like there's one dwarf with red hair, and he's got. I'm going to use a description of a dwarf that a kid used. I must have been in fucking junior high when a kid described his dwarf this way. And I like it so much, I'm going to use it. Nice. You see who must be Red Usman, right? And he's got this huge red beard and he's got a tattoo of a dragon that like, the, the it ends on his nose and goes up over his head so that it looks like his beard is the flame. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Kids in junior high still have good ideas. Whoever that was, that kid was, thank you. I, I, I love that fucking dwarf description. That was dope. Um, so... Yeah, and and someone's like Red Usman, shush. And he goes, I will not. And he sees the prince's hand. And he goes, Sorry, prince. Gray Usman, who are these guests? And Gray Usman like pulls the braid of his beard, like how the fuck am I gonna put this? I met some humans on the road. Right as we were putting up, the, we're done putting up the tower. They, they had a dwarven adventurer with them. It's a Tarby's boy. Anyway, they're from Karkagi. This woman. Anyway, she's had a. She has a child of her own back in Karkagi. She wasn't elected and she served the Lord there, but the Lord died. Apparently the elves wanted to do him, but death came before the elves. So he died gray, bad gray. And like people murmur, and it was up to her to clean up after it. And the elves, they asked her for a song and she sang it wrong. So they plucked out her fucking eye. There's more murmuring. So she's got no reason to love them that I can see, unless they've cast some spell on her. There's more murmuring. 
and on their way north to us, they ran into another batch at the end. Rangers. Who was leading them? Eogdulin. Eogdulin was leading them. And like, there's like, people start like pushing on each other and like bets change hands. And you see like Usman like goes around and like starts collecting some, some like literally like they, they were betting on who's going to lead the first Rangers up the, up the road. Yeah. And, and the, that bet that stops and the prince says, settle your bets later. This is serious. I think at this point being a, like, she didn't want to interrupt, but she also wants to make sure the prince is talking to her. So she says, yes, it was, it was the fell nightingale. She was traveling with her son training him on this expedition. They start murmuring. The fell nightingale had a child. It was her son, right? Or was it, or was it like, a I, I love that you fucked it up. Cool. It's her, it, it was her nephew, but I like that you got it wrong. It's great. It's, it's great. Cool. Roll with it. I think it. it's cool. I love it. Because that's how, like, I that's how things get totally fucked up in history. Like, it's like, oh, the Phil Nightingale was there with like a younger guy, and that's her son, right? Yeah, that was her son, right? Of course. Awesome. I love it. I think it's great. Perfect. All right. Well, matter of fact, it might have been her cousin. Like, I don't even remember. like it. Might it was either a nephew or a cousin. I can go back and listen. I to think it. you're right. As soon as I said that, I was like, wait, I don't think that's right. But it's cool. yeah. Venus but it's like you, know, you can't yeah. go back and correct it because then you got to you know who knows what. And uh, Gray Osman says, what's Bina's last name? He would get this right. Bina. Janos. Bina Janos. This is Prince Bulat. Lord of Wheelholt. Guardian of the wheel. Protector of the fire. Student of the Archmage. Prince Bulatza's. Vinajanos, you've come a long way. I never thought that I would speak with a prince, nor one of such great pedigree. Huh. Um, I did not realize that there was, in fact, a true wheel to protect. And then I, she's going to very carefully remove the wheel from her rucksack with the side as the inscription facing her. She's not revealing these elvish runes to these dwarves. That'll come up soon enough, I'm sure. But she pulls it out that way and she says, I did not know the wheel had a protector until these past few days. And I thank you. Apart from all of this, I thank you from your, for your service. And, and, and uh, that you provide. And this is sort of like a, a religious deference, right? Outside of uh, a noble 
hierarchy. Right. right? Like, like from what she's, he, he's just been said, the guardian of the wheel, protector of the fire that, um, that Bulat has some, um, uh, duties within the church of the, of the, of the wheel. So being a, respects him a lot for that uh, on its own. Yeah. Um, I have some information as well as some questions. I know that your, your work here is very important. I don't want to d distract you from this, from your generals, but I think that I can, I believe that I can help you. And I think like while you're talking, he's listening, but like Usman is like filling him in with a couple of other details, right? Yeah. Like you hear him like explain who Voss is and that you're not elected and you're not coming here on behalf of the Lord. Captains. This is Bina Janos. Look at her carefully. Bina totally demurs when like she is called out in presence. She looks, what's the floor like in here? Uh, it's like swept dirt. Like, yeah. So her feet sort of disappear underneath the hem of her dress. Right. Um, normally it's doesn't touch the ground because then it would just get destroyed. But she nevertheless kind of shrinks inward a little bit um, so that, so that, uh, they're harder to see, it's, you know, harder to see, see her feet. And she, uh, and at the same time, she tries to sort of like, you know, pull back her shoulders and, yeah. and look presentable. Like, if, if, if it's okay with you, I think he's already noticed that you don't have shoes. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, because because it wasn't until he said, look at her, that she was actually being conscious of her, of her appearance. Right. So up until then, anything he's like, it, yeah. So yeah, she's definitely trying to, you know, puff up a little bit as well as hide her, uh, the, her, the fact that she doesn't wear shoes. And just in general, you know, if there's a, if there's like a tear in her dress, she tries to like pull the, the hem, pull the, the fold so that that isn't very obvious and whatnot. It's, there's not a lot you can do in like a few moments, but nevertheless, she tries to. She has made her way from Karakage on a mule-drawn cart without shoes. Less than a few weeks ago, less than a moon ago, she had her eye plucked out by an elf. And since that time, she's faced down Egg herself. Next time, one of your foot soldiers grouse. Threaten to shave their beards and teach them Bina Janos's name. Ms. Janos, I'm going to put you in a guest tent under guard, just in case. Elves have been known to do trickery. I cannot have that. I'm going to ask that you bathe Prepare yourself for dinner. You will eat with myself, my head engineer, and my warden tonight. 
and can I share with you what I know and perhaps make inquiries of you as well during this dinner? Of course. Well. Of course. She's, she's used to uh, any kind of formal dinners. Servants don't get to talk at all. Like even normal dinners, servants don't talk much. But like there's, you know, with, with, with her Lord, there was like a certain level of you could sort of talk. But like for her, this idea of having dinner, she still envisions herself as serving the dinner. Like that's, yeah. that's her default notion. And, and then any kind of a formal official one, she wouldn't be able to say anything. So, um, yeah. So to her, it's like, cool, make yourself presentable so you can serve me my meat. Um, yep. Cool. And, uh, yeah, he, you're, you're kind of ushered in, you, you are given, uh, four guards. One of them is, is, uh, is, you're given four guards, and the leader of that pack of guards is Gray Usman. Hmm. This is the tent where you will be staying, Ms. Janos. And Master Vas. Dinner will be in an hour. Be prepared. It is informal. Um, th thank you. I will. Um, may May I have the use of your of of um, not the guards because the guards are the people that would be. Um, Yeah, she can't really like wash her clothes in an hour, so never mind. Um, um, she says, "Will will you be guarding my my tent during this whole time? Surely, there's more important use of your time." I'm an old man. Very well. And I brought you here. You're my responsibility. Uh, do you have attendants? Someone to help me with my dress. Someone to show me where the water is, how to pour it. Someone to heat the heat the water and perform these. Yeah, it would be. An albedot. An albedot? Uh, or an abidart. Abidart? A-B-E-E-E-D-A-R-T? No idea. I'll, I'll take it. Abidart. Or, or you know, it, would be, it would be an ardent. It would be an ardent. I will have an ardent scent. And like ardents are like squires. But they're also in, in dwarven society. They're also servants. Cool. So like he he gets one of his uh, ardents, and uh, says, "Whatever she wants, she gets." Yes, my lady. How can I help you? 
I'm I'm new to your lands, so any any assistance you can give, you know, just um, help me with the bath, unlace my dress. His eyes get like, <laughs> right, like, hey, that's what I asked for. That's what you said. Yes, my lady. And like he, he draws you a bath. Um, I'm not the first human you've seen this this far north, am I? I've seen humans. Hmm. I suppose you'll tell me you've seen elves as well. No. No, the consort didn't make it this far north. Oh, I was, I was out when the consort came. I imagine you had to do much more. There were many more baths to, to heat and many more dinners to, to prepare. Yes, the Ardents were all talking about it when I got back. Were you, I assume that, uh, were you, did you miss it because you were being punished or being relieved? Or was, I, it, was, was it a punishment or a reward that you that you didn't have to attend? Gray Usman is is the ardent is 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 who I serve as ardent, and he 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 in turn is on the council of the of the warden, and the warden was out, uh, checking on fortifications, and so I was out checking on fortifications, so I missed the entire elvish thing, the catastrophe. And like, he like is, is like, he's, he's heated your bath. And like, <laughs> now that you've given him something to think about, he can like talk about that rather than think about the fact that he's undressing you. Yeah. You sure you want me to just undo these laces? You want me to just cut them? I'd like to be able to put this dress back on when I'm done. We can get you more laces. These laces will do just fine. That third knot is sticks. That third knot is, is is sticky. Just feel free to tug it hard. It'll come loose. Yes, my lady. Like he's definitely first beard. You know, like he's growing yeah. his first beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah. thicker than most human beards, but still, it's a dwar it's the it's For the dwarves, it's 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 stubble. It's to dwarves, it's stubble. But like you can't braid it. So really, is it a beard? <laughs> right. If it's too, if it's too loose, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, she's going to try and get him back, you know, on a conversation that he's comfortable with. Right. Uh, you weren't, uh, uh, the prince must have, Prince Bulat must have been fiercely upset after the catastrophe. Yes. Perhaps if your warden had been there, it could have been prevented. I don't know. What's your warden's name? I'm, I'm supposed to meet with him tonight. I should, or her, I shouldn't assume. I should be able to address them by name. It is a he. 
His name is Boj. You don't think Boj would have, uh, and your wardens, they protect your, your, your borders and, and keep your people safe. Yes. Yes, ma'am. You don't think he could have, his wisdom wouldn't have, wouldn't have, and she's trying to figure out what the hell happened to the prince, but she's right. trying not to say that she's asking what the hell happened to the prince. So. The warden doesn't tend to have very much to do with the gift giving or the gift exchange. And so, she, she looks at him sort of conspiratorially and says, did you see the star? It was locked away by the time I got back. I imagine such treasure would be. Well, I've already seen a wheel that I didn't know existed. I've seen plenty enough. And I think at that, you know, she's. If you need me, I will be outside. Just yell for Daka. Thank you, Daka. Uh, do you want to take a break and then we'll have the meeting, have the dinner? Sounds good. Awesome. Good to do. Sounds good. All right, all. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's go see if Bina can. Um... I don't know, convince Prince Bula to give back the star. Should be no problem. No worries. No worries. All right, we'll see you all in a sec. The burning wheel is a real thing? Like like a big object? Wheel Holt is called Wheel Holt because it holds the wheel? <sighs> wow, this game. And so, so many of my favorite characters... Uh, Gray, Gray Usman used to be Usman the Bold, but he got to put the B war off, and now he's just Usman the Old. And Red Usman with the amazing dragon tattoo. And Daka, who uh, was so sheepish trying to help me prepare for the bath. Um, just love these, love these dwarves. Um, love this setting. Uh, but this is the episode where Judd's magic really shine john is magic as a gm if you remember around the hour mark this actually happened a couple times in the show um uh gray usman and prince bulab both did this where they mirrored back to bina and to me bina's accomplishments and the things that she had been through and 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 overcome and they did it in such a amazingly flattering way in such a way that made me as a player feel so good about the things that Bina had done and the, the, the trials that she had faced. And this is a thing that Judd does over and over again is that he really, he looks at the player characters and instead of finding ways to demean them or to belittle them or to, um, embarrass them or anything like that, he finds ways to acknowledge their incredible doing, their, their, the incredible things that they've done. And it just, 
as a player who strives really, really hard to, to try and, you know, make their way in this, in this world, especially with Venus, you know, not having a, a station of power. Uh, it just felt so good to, um, to have Judd say these things. It was really wonderful for me. And it really uh, gave helped give Bina the courage to, to keep going. So this Judd's magic right here, right now, so good. Uh, anywho, I hope you enjoy uh, next session. Next, the next in the next half, uh, we'll find out how Bina prepares for this meeting.